of your pride There's nowhere to hide What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, you don't try to fly Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable Been through it all and we still unbreakable what is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashley Horner, and today on the show, I am happy to introduce Stacy Irvin Jr. He is a fitness and lifestyle coach, a two-time national champion gymnast, a former WWE NXT superstar, and a first-form athlete. In 2019, as a way to impact others' lives, Stacy established Wave Fitness. Wave Fitness offers custom workout and nutrition plans based on your fitness goals, leaning on his experience as an elite athlete, Stacy's mission is to help each client perform at peak levels of mental and physical fitness. You can learn more about Stacy on his website and his Instagram. It is all at Stacy Irvin Jr. S T A C E Y E R V I N J R. Stacy, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. What is up, Stacy? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. I'm so stoked to have you today. How's it going? Yeah, yeah I'm I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. gonna be fun. So, where are you located? Um, I'm in Orlando, Florida, currently. Oh my gosh, it's warm outside. there. So nice. It was. I so I live in Virginia Beach, so it's kind of like a a pocket. It never it never snows here. Like I think the first year that I moved here probably like seven or eight years ago, we had a snow. Um, but I'm, I do miss like the weather changes at all being in, or are you like, do you travel a lot or you just love it? Since I've been like, I grew, I was born and raised in Michigan. So for me, I'm not really missing the snow. Yeah. I know what it's like. I know what it means for my day to day, my commute, sure. my, my lifestyle. I know that it's gray for six months out of the year and I'd rather not have that. So, I mean, the Florida sunshine's good to me. Good. Well, um, so have you, were you born and raised in, in Florida? No, born and raised in Michigan. Uh, I moved to Florida about five years ago, but that was me moving from Houston, Texas. So why, why did you, uh, give me a little bit about your background? Yeah. Yeah. So I moved after I graduated college, I went to the university of Michigan. Um, I, once I graduated, I moved to Austin, Texas and was working for a software company. Um, working for Oracle, doing like account management for nine months. And then I left because I was like, yo, I can't sit in a cubicle. I will. This is not me. I'm dying here. Uh, so I left that, started coaching boys gymnastics, was the director of a boys gymnastics program in Houston for about two and a half years. And then I moved to Florida almost five years ago now because I was wrestling for WWE. Uh, doing professional wrestling in the NXT brand, so that's what yeah, brought me over. You, you, you have you have quite the um, a resume. Um, you're a two time oh. national champion gymnast. You're a former former WWE NXT superstar, and of course, most of us we all know you and love you as a first form uh, athlete. Yep. So. You were your athletics, like you're an incredible athlete. Like, do, do you give a lot of that? We've had this conversation before. Do you think because of just like your, your athleticism and do you give a lot of that to gymnastics and 100%, doing, can 100%. you talk about that a little bit? And then just the foundations and, and why yeah. you think that that is important? 
A hundred percent. I mean, honestly, I think every child should go into gymnastics at least to start. I really yeah. do. I agree with that. A, I agree with yeah. that. It just gives you a great kinesthetic baseline for like every other movement pattern that your body's going to have to go through. And you really get to learn and understand your body. So for me, not only is it about just the physical component of like learning your body, but also gymnastics is a very discipline oriented sport, right? So it's like, you know, you hear of sometimes like hockey players or football players who had their parents had put them in ballet when they were young so they could learn to be light on their feet and move. And it's essentially the same thing with gymnastics. Like you learn so much about how to move your body, how to strengthen muscles that you wouldn't otherwise use um, and do movement patterns and get rid of fears that you wouldn't otherwise have to use or overcome. And so it really just has established a great baseline for me to kind of do whatever athletically that I choose to pursue now. How old were you when you started gymnastics? I was only six. Six years old. And was this like your, was it your mom or your dad or was it somebody obviously making you go or were you the child? Like with your personality from what I know and you know, I know I've seen you at events. We've been at like, you know, the same things together. You have so much personality, like the room, (laughs) like love, like it's like your energy, right? So were you that kid that was just bouncing off the walls and your parents were like, Lord help us. Like we got (laughs) to send this. Can you, yeah. What was that like? I feel like that was part of it. Um, I I was I self taught myself a back handspring when I was in kindergarten, and so I started. I'm sure doing your parents handspring. loved that. Oh, they absolutely <laughs> loved it. It was it was so calming for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I self taught myself the back handspring, and then like obviously you know you learn and grow. So sure. I taught I taught myself a back tuck. So that's back handspring. You know, back flip, no hands. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I started to do that on the ground off of objects, furniture, porches, not in safe places. And so like, I think I was giving my parents a bit of anxiety. So my mom decided to find a gymnastics uh, program that I could enter. Uh, I did like a recreational program at like our local recreational facility uh, for the city. And they were like, yeah, he, he's going to need something serious. (laughs) They're like, he's kind of already advanced right now. They're like, we're not going to be able to challenge him enough. If he's interested, you should take him to a gym, uh, a gymnastics facility. So I went and, you know, kind of everything else is history. Yeah. So was that your only sport? You know, you talk about like how it's important for the foundations. But from what I know of you, you just stayed in gymnastics and you mm-hmm. you kept that sport as as your discipline. Did you do yeah. any other sports at all? I didn't really have the time to, I didn't have the time to dedicate to any other sports when I got serious with gymnastics. Um, and like I said, you know, it is a, it's a great sport and I have that understanding that it's great as a place to start. I just ended up staying in it. Um, but it's certainly, it's challenging to stay in a sport like that. First of all, there's a lot of time commitment. If, if you're going to get serious about it, I was training, you know, 20 hours a week all the way through like throughout high school middle elementary through high school, 20 hours a week. So it's like you wake up, you get ready for school, you go to school, you might go home, you might go directly to the gym, you go to gym, you go home, do homework, you go to bed and you do that until you graduate high school. Yeah, you know? I was going so like, to ask you if you had like a social life at Yeah, all not much school. of one, uh, but not much of one outside the gym. But luckily, like a lot of my good friends were all, you know, we just ended up having those sure. friendships and, and so bonds. So those were your friends, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So did you, did you ever experience, um, I did gymnastics growing up and then, and then I ended up taking on soccer, which was my focus and kind of like the, the sport that I wanted to do. Um, 
Did you ever feel like that you were burnt out? Yeah, for sure. Like how, how did you, like, how did, did, was it your, your, your parents? Who was it that kept you in it? Because, um, I see that a lot, you know, and it's kind of like, I'm even wondering, you know, kind of like in retrospect, looking back on your life, what you thought about that, because I have, my boys are teenagers. They are so like, as you can imagine, they're super athletes. They're so, they, you know, they love the grind to work, but like, when do you know, I guess if you could look back on, on your life and talk to younger Stacy what talk about the burnout. How did you like, how do you know when to pull a kid or to keep a kid in it? Obviously you went right. full steam ahead. Right. You were very successful. You're really good. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, first and foremost, thank you. Um, secondarily, I think it's, it's, it's a case by case thing, right? But there are some principalities at play. Uh, for me personally, I do remember having difficulty, particularly at the end of like elementary. So like sixth through like eighth grade was like mm. the predominant challenge, which is, I think, you know, when all my friends are like, Hey, you want to like hang out after school? And I'm like, nah, I got this thing. Like I'm doing gymnastics, da da da. And then like, so that gets tiring, but then there's also the phases of, you know, burnout that you can experience just from like being on that, that wavelength and that grind so frequently. Cause it's, you know, like I said, you're practicing four hours a day for five days a week, um, day in, day out. And so for me, when it got to that point, uh, of, of feeling burnt out, I would kind of have that discussion with my parents or like my coaches. And I think that that's extremely important is for them to be transparent too. Is like, if I didn't, if I just, if I just held that to myself and then just said like, fuck it, I quit. Like that would be a lot different of an outcome than me saying like, Hey, I don't really feel like doing this right now. And then having the intervention, so to speak of like my coaches or my parents being like, well, do you really want to do this or, or not? having that conversation and then saying like, well, let's ride it out for this season or like, let's try this out for this long or just the ultimatum of like, well, if you don't do that, you're going to have to do something else because you're not just going to be sitting around doing nothing. So you better damn well have a clear idea of what you're trying to do outside of it because you're not just yeah. going to give this up for a free time. That's not happening. Yeah. Um, did, did, did you ever get bored of doing the same, the same thing? I mean, obviously like the, the titles that you have, you, you have like, these moments that you've hit of like victory, right. That probably kind of helped propel you again to the next level. And you were hungry enough to find out what's next and what's next. Mm -hmm. But did you ever like, did you ever just get bored? And like, you know, I, cause again, you're a super athlete. I'm sure the football team yeah. like wanted you on their team. I'm sure a lot of the other sports were like, yo, this guy. Right. Right. I think for me, I never really got bored with my sport. And that's part, partly due to the fact that like, you can do so much within it, right? Like there's six different events. There's floor, pommel horse, rings, vault, parallel bars, high bar. You're never going to be perfect at all of them. So mm -hmm. like, if I'm not progressing in one, maybe I get bored with that event for that season of my life. But like, ultimately, like there's other things I could be working on that were still just equally challenging and uh, like engaging, like fun challenges. So it really w didn't ever get to the point of boredom. It, sometimes it just got to the point of like, why me? Why am I doing this? But ultimately I did have the goal, which I never achieved. I never got to an Olympic games, but that was my goal. So like mm. you set a lofty goal. And even if you don't achieve that, you know, you're still going to most likely, if you stay you know, with it, you're still going to surpass the expectations of what most people would consider to be normal. You know, like people look at my gymnastics career and say like, oh man, you're great success in so many areas. And I say, yeah, but I know that like, I didn't get ultimately what I was 
thinking I wanted to achieve. Um, and we all end up where we're supposed to be, but I can know that for myself, you know? What would you say was the career highlight of your, or the gymnastics career highlight for you? Definitely winning the 2014 NCAA championship with my team at Michigan, at the University of Michigan, because we had won the previous year. We won back-to-back. 13 and 14, we won Big Ten Conference and NCAA titles. And it was just a classic, you know, like, first year we got our ass kicked, like, sec- then we came back and won both those titles, and then we won them again. But the second year, in 2014, we won our national championship in front of our home crowd at the University of Michigan. Mm. So that was, like, top-tier, top moment, yeah. Hands down, the best moment. Hands down. Because a shared, a shared win is always better than, you know, winning by yourself. Like, making yeah. the U.S. senior national team was a really sh- personal, strong achievement for me. Um, sure. But it didn't it didn't hit the same because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, you know, the same – it's not, it wasn't a team win. It was just an individual, which I'm still very proud of. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's one of those things where I was more fueled and happy with the understanding that my teammates and I had grind to a point that we mm-hmm. together. We did it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because you do, you do like think of whenever I was competing in gymnastics, I remember it being like a single sport, mm-hmm. but then you also had like the the team awards, I believe, at the end, or whoever placed at the end. Um it's, it's definitely like an old memory that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where does, uh, the, the wrestling come in? Is this, is this, uh, in the middle, like after gymnastics, yeah. is this kind of like, because you are a pro wrestler as well, yep. which is incredible. Yeah. Um, talk about that when, like, why do you, do you have any background at all in wrestling? No, I have no background whatsoever in wrestling, but you actually. can bound and leap and jump and yeah. do all the crazy yeah. things like float in air, basically. Yep. I just figured I'm an insane athlete. I might as well give it a shot. No, I, um, I've had an interest in the performing arts, right? So like, whether that's on screen, on stage type stuff and wrestling, professional wrestling kind of gave me an outlet for that because it's a creative pursuit as well. And so, so did you go, did you go after the WWE or did they, did they ask you or hey, how did that work? So I had a, tri- cause like, what if I want to get into WWE, right. you know, you're right, you're right, right, right. So there's, <laughs> a, there's a tryout process or at least there was okay. back when I was doing it. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I had a tryout with them in February or so of 2018. And then, you know, by the end, or maybe later than that. Now, nah, February sounds right. Anyway, I had a tryout with them. And like at the tryout, they're just putting you through the ringer. You know, they're testing out your on-camera ability, your ability to deliver a promo. They're testing your conditioning, your strength, your fortitude, and just like trying to get a good read on you as a person or a character that they can, you know, brand and develop. And so I went to the tryout. And at the end of the tryout, the uh, head dude was like, I'm not going to I can't really give you an official offer right now, but he's like pretty much just like prepare yourself to essentially was telling me like unofficially, officially, like you have an offer, like just, just wait for the mail. So so do they lean more on like your acting ability of like, or is it more on your, your physical ability to do the stunts? It It depends on who you are and what value you bring. Right. Cause it's still entertainment too, at the end of the day. So it's like, you know, a casting, if a casting director wasn't looking for someone that looked like me or did what I did or spoke how I spoke, then they can't cast me. But like, yeah, uh, in wrestling, you know, they're, they're looking for all of it. Someone might be a phenomenal technical wrestler and just be shit at delivering promos and be terrible on screen, but like they might still have value there. 
or vice yeah. versa. Someone might be absolutely trash in the ring. <laughs> they wouldn't think so, but like someone might be <laughs> absolute trash in the ring and like really great at delivering promos and stuff. And then like they have value because now they can share sure. those promos and, you know, really add value to the audience in that way. So it really depends on the person. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the WWE. I did train, um, do you know, Sasha Banks? Yeah. So I trained her for a while. Um, it was crazy. Like to see how fast she progressed in training. I remember like her box jumps. I remember I took her through when I was giving her training programs and it was obviously a big emphasis on core mm-hmm. because of all the stunts and stuff that you guys are doing. But like that girl could jump mm-hmm. like on, on box jumps. I'm like, okay, like, let's just, I see her like stacking boxes on boxes and boxes. And it's like, you know, there's a reason why you guys are chosen, picked up for the WWE yeah. stuff. And a lot of it, I get it that it's acting, but you have to be a really, really good athlete. Yeah, for sure. To do and that. She, and so. She's athletic as hell, but that's, that's yeah. like people, people really underestimate that stuff um, because they think like, it's just, just for a show, which like, yeah, no, but it's, it, it, it has to be a little bit, of course it's entertaining, right, but right. like it's, you have to like, you train, Yes. Exactly. You train and I I know I know what her training schedule was and like man you guys just work. Yeah, that's yeah. a grind with the WWE that is a grind. It's a major grind. Yeah. That's well that's why I'm not in it, right? Like I used to be sure. in it and it's not I, I wasn't afraid of the grind, but like I didn't truly enjoy the process, right? So yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they would always say that like when we're training they're like if you don't love this like you can't do it. And they weren't saying that yeah. to discourage people. They're just letting you right. know the reality of the situation. And like, yeah. ultimately, you have I, to like, love it. I don't love this process. So like, sure. I can't sit here and sacrifice my life and body because yeah. I don't love this. It's not worth it to me. Whereas in gymnastics, like I had plenty of injuries and like things I had to come back with, you know, like surgical procedure on uh, tore my bicep or tore my meniscus or had uh, a fracture in my spine, like things like that weren't easily surmounted, like and overcome, but like, it was worth it for me. Yeah. It's like, if I had gotten like permanently injured from wrestling, I would have just been pissed. Like I would have sure. been like, ah, oh, at least, at least I was doing what I love. Like, I right. Like, yeah. It wasn't the same. Yeah. It was yeah. the same passion and heart. Yes. Yeah. So d- did you hang up like the WWE career and then you, because you're a, a first form elite athlete, right? Did right. you do the competition where you got picked? Yeah. That was, uh, okay. year, that was like two years after I left WWE. So talk about that. What, like, how did you do the competition? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you won. How did, I don't want to say how did you win? Cause right. obviously you're a specimen, like not how did you win, right. but, uh, talk about that. And then like, I want to talk about some of the, the fitness stuff that you're doing now. Yeah. So for me, I've been a part of first form through the Legionnaire program since 2017. So going on six years now, pretty cool. What, what is the Legionnaire program? So it's just like, uh, the program in which you're, you can get in, learn the products, um, you can become a little bit more involved with the community, understanding not just the products, but getting access to coaching calls on how to improve your own like personal branding and, and you know, things on how to better assist people. So it was really helpful because it's, again, sure. any I think any furthering your education in an effective way is super crucial. So um, yep. joining through that way and, and being involved with the brand there kind of you know, making connections in there and just talking to people and really just being me. Um, and then when the athlete search came around, I signed up and they had sent out, like they were sending out tasks and things to, to do. So I followed through the tasks, did my best, put my effort, my best foot forth, uh, in there. And then, you know, as the cards fell, 
They fell in my favor. So I was like, hey, let's yeah. go. <laughs> That's cool. Do you recommend other people who are listening to this? Because I, I actually get a lot of people and those of you who are listening, First Form is a supplement company. Right. Um, do you, and it's a, they do, how many times a year do they do this competition? I think they do it just once a year, typically. Is it once a year? Yeah. It's a pretty big, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. So um, would you recommend people like to do it? I For sure. I mean, I don't see any harm yeah. in doing something that challenges you to be sure. better or put forth more energy. So I definitely would. Sure. Sure. So I want to talk about like, I want to talk about kind of like your fitness philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, all the reels that you guys do. What is your Instagram? Uh, at Stacy Irvin Jr. Okay. Um, you guys have to watch all of the reels that he, like <laughs> I watch your stuff and I'm like, can I do that? Right, <laughs> like, right. I'm like, could I like, am I going to look like that if I put my phone on slow-mo and like try to do a jumping push-up with a clap or something? It's like, you just look just so graceful doing these crazy things. But yeah. is that, talk about your training now. Cause you're obviously, you're not a gymnast. Mm-hmm. You're not a pro wrestler throwing it down in the rings. Yep. Um, you are living the lifestyle, the balanced life. Uh, you're an elite athlete. Is it an elite athlete yep. with first form? So you're an elite athlete with first form. You're living the life. You're helping others build their life. Mm-hmm. Talk about your training philosophy and then talk about, is it wave fitness? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Talk about that. Uh, so my training philosophy right now, cause I don't have, like, I'm not entering a competition at the moment or anything. How come, how come you never got into CrossFit? Um, Dude, just, you would have crushed it. I didn't really have the desire for it. Again, the heart, it kind of came yeah. back down to the same thing where it's like, I didn't really feel like there was no pull. You know what I'm saying? And like, maybe there could be. I think some of some CrossFit workouts are fun and stuff, but I just never like found that stickability. I never really had that with yeah. me. Um, but yeah, so is that I mean, how you train? But how, So how do you train? You train like CrossFit? Functional? I, kind of, I, I train in a very varied style. Um, because now give me an idea. What was your workout like yesterday or today? Or what are you hitting? My workout yesterday was more of an EMOM because I felt pressed for time. So I just did okay. like a you know quick 25 minute EMOM, five rounds, five exercises, boom, knocked it out. So I take some conditioning type principles from like CrossFit sure. to throw in. And then today I'm gonna have a shoulder workout, which will be predominantly more like traditional body or traditional like bodybuilding style, I guess you yeah. would call it. Yeah. Um, bro lifting. Exactly. Just get, <laughs> get, get it working. But I like I to love keep my heart rate lifting. up. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I like to keep my heart rate up through it too. So like, you know, I'll do, I'll superset a lot of things and always end with some type of like core or cardio, something that like is athletic. That way yeah. I'm still challenging myself. Sure. Otherwise, even when I'm just like, I'm not, I don't like to go in and just like try and move a lot of weight and then like that'd be it. At least not in this yeah. season of my life. That's not what I'm trying to right. do. Um, so my training really is varied on what I feel my body needs attention on, what I, what I haven't worked recently. And when I'm programming new things for clients, uh, I have the time. So I like to run through a workout and at least understand completely like what I'm asking someone else to do. Sure. So talk about wave fitness and, and what you have and what you what you offer your clients that you have. Yep. And it's wave, is it wavefit.co? Wavefit.co. Um I see it. there'll actually be some changes coming to my plat my coaching platform soon. Um, but wave fitness has been the platform that I've been operating past two years at least for my clients. I have my own app, you know, through the app store, Google Play, whatever. You search up wave fitness, you'll see it. 
this is the logo of it all. Um, and it's funny because I think a lot of times people be like, I'll, I'll say ride the wave, which is sort of like my philosophy, you know, which in, in, in my mind means control the controllables. You know what I'm saying? Ride the wave. You can't really control the wave necessarily, but you can dictate how you are yourself navigating your situations. And it's not like a water wave. It's about like the frequency that you're on. Because if you have an end goal in mind, there's going to be ups and downs, but you have to stay focused on what, what the end goal is so you can make sure that you're you're traversing that path and you're riding the wave. Um, but through Wave Fitness, I offer people personalized programming um, and personalized nutrition plans. I'm a nutrition coach as well. Um, and again, to boil that back down to my, my philosophy, it's not always about like, oh yeah, if you sign up for my program, I'm not promising you that in a month, you're going to have six pack. I'm not promising you in a month that you'll be able to squat, bench, deadlift, 3X what you're going after. But I can guarantee you that you follow the plans that we have established together and you're going to get results. You're going to lose lose weight if that's what you're looking for. You're going to put on some muscle mass if that's what you want. But it's not about getting this immediate quick fix. It's about building sustainable habits in your diet and training and lifestyle ultimately that give you just a better, allow you to handle your life much better. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going into like, you know, mid we're, oh, we're in February. Yeah. I was going to say we're like mid January. Yeah, right, no, we're right. in a new month. Right. We're in February of 2023. <laughs> um, talk about like, you know, I, I get it. Like the ups and the downs. What about people who are, and we kind of touched on this in the beginning, but just like, just burnout because mm-hmm. I, I feel like you're really resilient to that. Stacy, mm-hmm. you've done one sport. You've had one discipline your, your whole life mm-hmm. of, of gymnastics. It's been your heart and your soul. Like people right now, you know, they started their goals, whatever that was, you know, maybe they were getting into CrossFit for the first time and they're just feeling like super burnt out. How do you, what is your methodology for like, do you check out for a couple days? Do you just like, you know, you say finish out the season. Do you finish out the week? Do you finish out the program? Mm-hmm. If you're burnt out, do you start a new program? Mm-hmm. How can you help us kind of navigate like through what you would recommend? Right, right. So again, it's situationally dependent on each person, but things that I've found to be helpful when dealing with burnout are one taking a, a break. That's not like I'm taking this, this break and doing nothing with it. Unless that nothingness is you literally meditating on your decisions. Like when, in which case you're still technically doing something like it's not about doing nothing with that time. It's about giving yourself space from it to see how that impacts your life. Right? Like if someone is like, you know, I've been on this grind for years or to a month maybe. And they're like, this is just isn't fitting me. First of all, you have to really see how, what were your expectations? If, if you expected to see crazy results within a month and you're not seeing that, well, you're, yeah. you're setting yourself up for failure. You should probably right. already have realistic expectations as far as when you expect to see uh, results of the work that you've been putting in, but in a very true sense, maybe asking someone who has been doing it for a while, how long should I be doing this before I really yeah. expect to see the change? So yeah. first and foremost, having a, a time expectation appropriately set. But then even if you, you know, given that, given it the time, um, sometimes you got to give it that space, right? And take a step back and say, how is this impacting my life positively on the day to day? And I'll only really know that when I'm not putting that same energy towards it on the day to day. And giving yourself the ability to really check that. Like uh, throughout my gymnastics career, I really had maybe, I don't know, maybe two full weeks 
off that weren't due to injury. Like, and even if I was injured, I was still in it because it was something I was passionate about. And to sure. be honest, if I could be super, if I could be super real, like when I was a kid, you know, I'm, I'm growing up in a single parent household. My mom's doing, you know, making sure that she does everything she can to, su- you know, supply for the three of us, us kids who are in the house. You know, my dad's still in my life and is a part of my life. But we weren't living with him. But I say that as a, as a way to understand, like, sometimes what you're passionate about is also what you're escaping into. Not that my house was necessarily bad. Not that my home life sure. was bad. I, I know that I know some people with terrible childhoods, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to compare it to that. But like for me personally, it was the way for me to like also escape, right? Like it's an outlet. Yeah. So finding something that is an outlet that you can pour into. So even when I was burnt out, like I'm still like I could do something here. I could do something to better use my time here than I could yeah. doing something else or doing nothing at all, which. It's tough because nowadays we see, all we see now is like great success, great success, great success. And uh, it's tough for people to realize that all of those successes came from like a very long list of daily, daily actions and blood, sweat and tears that no one really publishes or broadcasts. And, you know, partially due to our own, you know, people who are in that social influence space of not really sharing those moments, myself included, you know, to my own and other people's detriment to not really be able to share that effectively. But, um, well, of course I think, I think when you're in the grind, it's like, or like, you know, you don't think it's just, it's just how our mind thinks. We don't think like, oh my gosh, this is super shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, how am I got, like, I should share this with the world. Right. Right. You know, it's almost like, at least I know for me, whenever I go through hard things or if I'm good, and it's actually interesting, like, I almost just like, like buckle down and like go internal Mm -hmm. and it's really easy to not share our, our experiences. Um, even the really hard times and the low times that we go through, but it's important to know. And for you and I are both saying it, it's part of the growth and you Mm -hmm. can't have the highs without the lows. You Mm -hmm. have to have the high, you have to have the lows to appreciate the highs. Right. Right. So, and I also think like when it comes to goal setting, somebody it's okay. It's okay to start a goal and then to start working on that and chipping away and then to realize, okay, I think I need some more time Mm -hmm. because like maybe when you first set out and like you, you set your goal, it was like, oh, you had this clear picture. Now you're doing this goal. You're working towards your goal, but life is like in it with you too. Right. And things happen and things get in the way. And like, it's okay if you had a goal at the beginning of the year and you're realizing right now we're going into February and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to like, it's okay to push that goal back or to extend that goal because now that you're in it and you're taking the proper steps to get to your goal, you're probably realizing, oh, like it's really not that easy or like the weight's just not going to melt off Mm -hmm. and there's no magic pill. It's really going to be time, consistency, and hard work and everything else that you're saying. It's, it's, it's really true. And, and again, when it comes to goal attainment and not giving up prematurely, I think a really big portion of that stems down to like why you're doing it in the first place. Sure. And, and, and that is, you know, that's a, that's foundational to the goal itself. Um, because to achieve anything that you haven't done before, you have to do something you have never done. And for a lot of people, that's tough. Everyone, for everyone that's, that's tough. Change is challenging. And 
you just have to remember like parts of yourself have to die in order for a new part of yourself to be born. Like it is reborn, right? Like it's, it's, it's legit. Like a seed, a seed, a lively seed has to die in the earth before fruit can ever grow. Right. So a process of one thing, you know, ending can ultimately bring forth something that the other part of you couldn't. And so yeah, a, a new opportunity, a new life, a new path, a new direction. Sometimes it's just clarity. It's simple. Yeah. Like being like, wow, like that is clarity now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And sometimes like letting go of that, you got to let go. You got to, <laughs> you got to let go of that. Yeah. And letting go sounds easy, right? Cause we're just like, yeah, just like, let it go. It's cool. <laughs> it's like, totally just let it go. But really it's like, I wish uh, it was that easy. It's like, uh, you're looking at what's next, but you're holding on to like what you have. Cause you're like, I'm not sure if I can make that jump or I'm not sure that I have the same hold on that. This is not holding me. So like, it's not even as much that I have to let go as much as like that part has to let go of me. Cause it's still that pull. Um, and so it's important to, to understand too, is like, we're able to make those decisions for ourselves, but in that same instance, we're not free of the consequences of those decisions. And that's what scares people. They know they have the freedom of that choice, but they're, afraid of the consequences that come of it, right? They're not afraid of the choice. They're afraid of what comes of it. Makes sense. But you don't even know. And a lot of times the human brain's very good at imagining things that could go wrong, may go wrong, that never do. And we have to be able to be able to be comfortable with that uncertainty and take that leap while still holding on to understanding like, yo, it's going to be good. Like you're still good. You know what I'm saying? Like you're undefeated. You've woken up every day of your life. Like you're pretty much undefeated. Like, (laughs) so just like make sure that when you make that change, you just stay in tune with it and uh, keep your mind clear on, on the goal. Did you have a hard time transitioning from being a gymnast to the WWE? And, you know, you talk about being reborn Mm -hmm. because I mean, being a gymnast, that's your identity. Mm -hmm. How was that? How was that on your mental space? Honestly, it's been, it, it's been challenging. It really has mm. because ultimately like when I was trying to let go of that part of my identity, everyone else slaps that label on me, you know, like people to this day, even in new publications still call me a gymnast. Right. And it's like, well, I don't, but, don't do but, but don't you, but don't you think you'll always be a gymnast? I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> because you know, for me, if you ask me what a gymnast is, that's someone who is competing in gymnastics, right? Like mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. if someone's been, re- if, some, so. if someone's been retired from football for 40 years, you don't say I am a football player. You say I was, oh. you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, to I this see. day, people don't say I was a gymnast. People say I am a gymnast. So mm. it's, it's different. And in that regard, but, but I view you, if you can go out there and do all of those things right. that like a gymnast can do, I say you're a gymnast. Stacey right. is a gymnast. And and that again is just, are you, are you offended by that? By people still calling you a gymnast? Or do you feel like in the community of gymnastics, they're like, why are people still calling him a, gym, a I, gymnast? That's, is that, it that? That's Cause the you're thing. like, Cause guys, I know I'm not a gymnast, <laughs> yeah. but everybody's calling me well, a gymnast. And I ain't even mad. I'm never mad or offended at it. I just think yeah. that it's, it's funny semantically because yeah again you know whereas people see the things that i do and consider that to be like crazy wild gymnastics stuff like if you go watch a gymnastics competition right now you probably think like oh yeah i bet stacy could do that i can't do that shit <laughs> really yeah see i think that you can't whatever oh no 
Oh, wait, is that because like gymnastics has advanced into like different moves or like you have lost your skill set? Gymnastics has evolved and I have lost my skill set because again, I practiced it for 20 hours a week. So it's like, if you ask me to go on still rings right now and do like a ring routine, my shoulders would literally tear. That's crazy. That's just like mind blowing to me because everything that I see you do and you're telling me that like you, like, I just, I don't believe it because you are just a crazy freak of an athlete. Right. So you gotta, you should, you should really see some of the gymnastics competitions that go on these days. Cause it's like, if you, you, you couldn't possibly expect someone who's not doing that day in and day out to be able to perform what they have to perform with the precision that you have to perform. Cause it's not like you just do the, like, a lot of time on social media, now you see when I do something, it'd be like a skill combination of like gymnastics mixed with something. But like sure. a gymnastics routine is like 10, 10 part routine, eight part routine with all skills that are way more challenging than anything you'll ever see me do. Yeah. What is it that you love about coaching? Cause like you did the Legionnaire program, mm-hmm. which that was coaching too, correct? Yep. That's part of like coaching. And now you have your coaching program. Mm-hmm. What do you, what you said you're going to change it up a little bit, but what do you offer or like, what are you, what are you going to offer? Um, and what do you love most about your coaching? Yeah, it'll be a similar offering again, still, still training and nutrition, just a little bit more, um, in depth of, as far as check-ins with me and just making sure that, you know, they're staying on course, you know, prior coaching is like, Program, boom, program, boom. You know, it was, uh, it was, so you're going to be more like one-on-one, like yeah. more one-on-one, like kind of like, oh, wow, that's yeah. awesome. So that'll be really cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. And I've already done, I already do that. Um, sure, because, I figured and, you did. Yeah, yeah, just in a more, I've, I've gotten some systems now in place that are, you know, give the, give my clients better tools to, and myself really to, to hold them accountable and, and keep them in track. Uh, but what I enjoy most about coaching is I've been coached my whole life. You know, I've, I've been in gymnastics since I was six. So it just seems natural to me that everyone in their life has someone that encourages them, believes in them and shows them the way that's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. I have had clients who are, you know, 40, 50 years old who are like, I really want to thank you because I've never had someone in my life hold me accountable to a goal and give me true feedback. Cause it's not like, I'm like, I'm not always just like a good job coach. You know what I'm saying? Like they submit something. Good job. Like keep going. Yeah. Not like sometimes I'm like, dude, you're really fucking off. Like, yeah. Like we need to talk. Yeah. Like it's been, it's been a couple of weeks and, and you haven't shown me anything that you haven't shown yeah. proof that you're, you're getting this work done that you said you want to do. I can't want this more for you than you want it for you. Um, although right now I feel like I am, uh, but it's like, <laughs> but, but having that impact on someone, I think is the most rewarding thing from coaching is because I'm able to see the direct impact of my experiences that have led into what I'm able to do transfer over to someone else who has not previously had that belief in themselves or had someone else express that belief that they've had in them. And it really, it's life-changing. And I've seen tons of my clients like get this life change moment or this light bulb moment where I say something or I'll say something in passing in a conversation we're having. And then like, they come back to me a couple of months and they're like, yeah, remember when you said, and I'm like, I'm like, to be honest, I don't remember saying that, but like, I'm, I'm really glad that it had that impact. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, but like, yeah, I remember that. Like, yeah. but, but sometimes you say things that seem <laughs> inconsequential to yourself, but like mm-hmm. to someone else, it's like, sure. It's like that, that seed that they needed in order to like make a change. And so like, that's yeah. super powerful. And, and as a, as a trainer, 
I mean, we literally have like the best job in the world because you cannot put like a dollar amount on that. Like how good it makes you feel. I, there's like this video. Okay. Stacy, this is like way like, this is probably like 14 years ago, my very first ever YouTube video that I was like, I, I, cause we didn't have like recordable phones. So I was like filming on my desktop computer and it was like, I was like, my first sentence was if I could save one life, <laughs> then my job is done. Right, you know, right. and I'm just like, but you think about it, like all of the lives as trainers, like it's not just like, hey, do this, like good luck. You really walk mm -hmm. the journey with them. And it's just fitness isn't just for like one compartment of your life or one compartment of your day. Mm -hmm. Fitness and the lifestyle, it, it, it's, it's about having from start, to finish. It's about the longevity and everything that you do within the course of your day and not just for the hour of a day. Yeah. And that's where like having a coach like yourself, having a trainer, somebody to really help you, um, reach your goals. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying about it being a holistic approach. Like I think sure. if, you know, if we're talking general fitness, like someone is coming to me for a fitness transformation. They're, they're expecting, okay, he's only going to talk about what it means to do a bench press. He's only going to talk about what, how many calories I should be eating. That's not the case. People come to me to work on their body and I go to work on their minds. Like mm. it is about understand, like we have to shift your perspective on certain things, right? Like if, if we're overweight, and we don't want to be overweight anymore. Well, we need to start adjusting the way that we're looking at things in our life because those things, the, the things in your life aren't going to change until you change the way that you look at things in your life. So like, you know, what their pantry might look like at the beginning of our relationship should not be what their pantry looks like at the end of our relationship, if there is one, right? As a continuing coaching relationship. But like the understanding that like, you're going to be the same person in the same body, but you're just going to have a different affinity for things that you're, you're seeking things that you are actually, you know, feeling drawn towards. And that is what creates that change, right? Like people are like, fitness is a lifestyle. Like, and people make a joke about that, but really it is a lifestyle. Yeah. it is. How are you, how are you styling your life to like, make sure that you're fit mentally, yeah. physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, uh, relationally, how are you doing that? And, and All of it. a lot of times, we don't have the influences in our circle in order to show us how to do that in a positive and productive way. So people have to get involved with coaches that they find online because if they're not in your physical environment, they're already reachable in your digital environment, but you have to get around that energy to make that change. Yeah. Yeah. What is uh what's coming up for you this year? Do you have any, like, I know summer smash mm -hmm. is sometime in the summer. Yep. Everybody can go to that. Yep. But what do you have going on? Like what projects do you have and where are you going to be yep. this Summer year? Smash will be dope for sure. So you can catch me out there. Um, I will also be hosting. I'm super excited. Honestly, one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to this year is I'll be hosting a fitness retreat in Bali um, at the end of August, beginning of September. And so like that's really a main, a main point that I'm really looking forward to this year, but also just traveling in general, um, probably make it out to a couple different countries. I have Mexico on my list, um, Bali clearly on my list for that, um, travel for that, uh, fitness retreat. And then I want to make it over to the UK again, 
haven't been over there in a, in a while. Um, so just really just some exciting stuff. And I'm yeah. sure that there will be other things that pop up also, but those are the main ones I'm excited for. What's your main channel where people can follow you on? I Do you have a TikTok? I, I do. Like, I have a... Okay. I'm What's your TikTok? All of all, all platforms, Facebook, oh, Twitter, Instagram, easy. YouTube. Yeah, everything. You're is, so lucky. Yeah, what is yeah. it? It's at Stacey Irvin Jr. So at my uh, at Stacey Irvin Jr. for all platforms. Super cool. Super convenient. And we're, we're going to put that in the text if you guys are listening to that yeah. and you don't want to like have to write it down right now. Right. It'll be in the text below the podcast. Appreciate so it. awesome, man. That is so cool. You have so many amazing things going on. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the Reborn podcast. And I know I will. Were, were you at the holiday party for First Form? Yeah. Did you? Okay. I missed you guys at that this year, but I know for sure I. I should probably, I will probably be out at Summer Smash yeah. unless something crazy is going on in my schedule. So I can't wait. And Summer Smash, if you're listening to this, it's usually in like June or July, yeah. isn't it? Yep. Um, but it's like this big concert out at First Form in St. Louis, Missouri. And we always have a crazy artist that comes out and sings mm-hmm. um, and performs, but it's a surprise. Like nobody knows who it is. <laughs> who was it last year? Because um, I got on last stage. Year, last year we had, we had Pitbull <laughs> and Diplo. Yeah, we had Flow Rider. Yeah, yeah. Flow Rider. Yeah, yeah, Flow Rider. <laughs> yeah, I uh yeah, I got on the stage with a Flow Rider. <laughs> that was so fun. Oh my gosh, it was Yeah, I was like that was my first event with First Form and I was like on the stage dancing. I was like, "Ashley, you're showing a really good first impression." <laughs> right, right. That is that's the vibe right there. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, have a great week. Thank you again. Um, thank you for just sharing all of your inspiration, your motivation, and your insights with the with all the listeners. And uh, we will catch you next time, Stacy. Thank you so much for having me on, Ashley. It's a great pleasure. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Reborn Podcast today. Um, Make sure you leave us a review on the Apple Podcast. Tell your friends about the show. And thank you once again for listening to the Reborn Podcast from Ironclad. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Swallow your pride. There's nowhere to hide. What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die. Would you compromise or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, don't try to fly. Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we still unbreakable.